I'm Lights Camera Jackson, and this is a new episode of the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Do you like theme parks? Do you like horror movies? Well, put them together, and you've got a new Netflix animated series, Dead End Paranormal Park. It premieres this Thursday, June 16th. Joining me, creator Hamish Steele. Welcome to the show. Hi. Welcome to me. <laughs> Welcome to you. You're here. We're, we're so excited to have you on to talk about this show. It is based on your graphic novels, Dead Endia, with these specific characters. Were there amusement park uh, stories from your childhood that kind of influenced what you did with the graphic novels and this show? Uh, yeah, I I only like said this like three or four days into our writer's room, where I said that every uh, birthday I went to this theme park called Chessington World of Adventure. Um, but my birthday is in like mid-October. So it was always um, made up to be kind of Halloween-y and spooky. Mm -hmm. So to me, like theme parks and horror have always been <laughs> synonymous. Um, and my mum used to also like decorate the house like full-blown Halloween. Like she'd change all the bulbs in the house to be kind of orange and purple and go all out. Which is, I will also mention, is very unusual in the UK in the 90s. Like, Halloween was very much like an American thing for a while, and um, but she loved it. Wow, that is cool. That, that, that is awesome <laughs> to have it all decorated. Yes, here in America, yes, we, we decorate our houses like crazy and, and uh, change the colors of light bulbs and, and the displays. I'm, I'm looking at my neighbor's houses right now and thinking, yes, they go wild for Halloween. And I think it's appropriate because it's a fun time of year. And you present a fun show with this and some characters that I think we can all relate to, including Barney and Norma. They have a bit of a competitive nature towards each other in the first episode uh, as they're vying for a job at this amusement park. What do you like so much about their dynamic and how we're going to see that evolve over this season? Well, in the, the, com in the comic books that it's based on, they're already friends when the show, when the comics begin. Mm -hmm. And one of the changes we made to the show was it's really fun to watch this relationship kind of bloom. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're ultra competitive in the first episode. Um, and then by the end, they're best friends forever. So I think I, I mean, I, it represents a lot of the friendships I've had where maybe we seem quite different on a surface level, but we fully slot together. <laughs> They're both quite, I wouldn't say broken people, but they've definitely got issues that I think the other one complements pretty well. I've seen the first couple episodes of the show and they, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it and, and their dynamic grow and the theme park that's at the center of this comes from this actress, Pauline Phoenix, this entertainment <laughs> icon. And I'm thinking, okay, is she inspired by Dolly Parton? Cause that's who I immediately <laughs> thought of. My lawyers have to say no. But <laughs> my, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a Dollywood, um, but haunted and, and gone crazy. I also don't think Pauline is as good as Dolly. I will say that. Wow. Um, but in later episodes, we explore her career a little bit more. And she's sort of part Dolly Parton, part sort of Jane Fonda and like Barbarella-y kind of things. Um, we just kind of threw every like movie, um, I like sort of diva or icon or like a B-movie kind of star into this one character. So she can kind of be, um, you know, we can use her for any way we want, basically. 
Okay. Jane Fonda, another uh, icon. Who are, who are some of the entertainment icons that inspired you when you were young and you wanted to get into this entertainment world a little bit? Good question. I mean, one of my problems when making the show is that I have like a real love of um, real niche B-movies or like, like 70s horror and stuff. So there's this like one actress um, called Jessica Harper who <laughs> was in uh, three films. Uh, she's in more films, but she was in these thrill films called Suspiria, uh, Shock Treatment, and um, Phantom of the Paradise. And they were all in the 70s and they were massive flops, um, but they've all become kind of cult movies. So I'm a bit obsessed with her. I call that trilogy Harper's Bazaar because they're all movies starring Jessica Harper with a bazaar. Um, but definitely there was, there was moments when I was talking to Netflix and I'd be like, just like in Suspiria. And they'd look at me like, are kids going to get a reference to like a 1970s sort of Italian horror movie? And I'm like, uh, they're going to have to. <laughs> um, no, but there's, there's, I mean, we also reference stuff like Jurassic Park. We reference um, like much m- more well-known, but there's definitely some like deep cuts um, as well in there from like my, the things that inspired me. There you go. Kids will definitely get an education of 70s horror when they they watch Dead End Paranormal Park for sure. And you've got Pugsley, uh, the dog. He's voiced by Broadway star Tony nominee Alex Brightman of School of Rock the Musical, Beetlejuice. What impresses you about what he's able to bring to this very unique role? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm I thought I'm sure a million people say they're his biggest fan, but making the show, I've definitely become his biggest fan. He was so funny. Um, We were uh, auditioning and casting people in March 2020. So he came to the callback, um, was so funny, so charming, not to spoil too much, but Pugsley has a little bit of a demon possession problem. So we are able to hear both his natural voice and his sort of Beetlejuice voice. And he like killed the audition. And then he like left the callback and I think got a call from his agent saying, I think Broadway shutting down this week. Um, and I was going to go see Beetlejuice in the summer to like, you know, see him. Um, but all of that uh, came crashing down. So it was obviously a really, really sad and scary time for everyone and actors, but being able to um, throw a lifeline to people, um, especially like uh, theater actors where like, who knew when that was going to come back right. um, since <laughs> making the show, I actually went and saw Beetlejuice. Uh, I went to the reopening night. Wow. Um, so I got to see it all in person. It's so funny thinking like the last time he was doing Beetlejuice, we hadn't made a show together. But I think he does a lot of voice acting now and he's, he's so good at it. Yeah, he is fantastic. Glad you were able to support Broadway. Keep that going and Dead End Paranormal Park. It's this Thursday, June 16th on Netflix. Hamish Steele is with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. So what are your thoughts on mascots and giant characters at parks? Do you think they're funny or do you think they're creepy? Well, not to spoil episode two too much, but I think they can be both. (laughs) I think they can be a little misunderstood. Um, they're definitely creepy, but you have to remember there's, there's a real person in there. So don't be too touchy feely or, or push them away or violent. Um, quite a few of our cast actually have worked in theme parks. Uh, I definitely know that, um, Cody Kavitha, who plays Norma, um, has worked in theme parks. A few of them have done the job of like having to scare people at Halloween events. Mm -hmm. So I know that a few of the scripts hit quite close to home. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I like a mascot. It, it would be a dream come true if one day we could get like a Pugsley mascot somewhere at the Netflix park, if there ever is one. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you were able to turn this show into a theme park, how you would want it to be a theme park attraction or, or an entire <laughs> park, what you would want to look like. So we're going to start with the Pugsley mascot. Yes. What else would you Pugsley want? Mascot? I mean, it would have to be uh, the dead end house. It have to be like a horror, a haunted house. Scary for all ages, but um, with an emotional core. That's what mm. I like to think the show is. I, I'm obsessed with n- n- not not just the mascots, but like the actors at Disneyland, like having to be in character the whole time. Um, I remember thinking like which one I'd want to be, and I'd probably want to be Cruella Deville because you just have you just get to be mean to children all day, <laughs> which seems a seems a lot easier than like having to be like permanently happy. So yeah, I'd want definitely some Pauline kind of mass uh, uh, actors walking around being being a little bit mean. Cruella DeVille, one of the cinematic icons, one of the Disney icons. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you, you said the reasoning you gave for, for wanting to scare children is because you think it'd be easier. Not that you have this deep obsession of wanting to be cruel and mean to children. No, I, I mean, I, I do like children. I just remember being one and I remember being obsessed with horror and um, I mean, I, I love stuff like Goosebumps, How you, Are You Afraid of a Dark, things like that. But I had two older brothers, so I saw a lot of things probably before I was supposed to. I remember, like, I got detention one at school for saying that I'd seen Alien 3, which I, to this day, I think that's unfair. <laughs> um, but I was explaining it in detail to some other kids, and I think they were getting a bit traumatized. Well, look, I think we all have that experience of seeing a horror film too young and it stays with us, but it it allows our love of that genre to grow. And you have another love. So I watched the first couple episodes and then I saw there was an episode about game shows. So I had to watch that because I've been obsessed with game shows my whole life. You have a lot of nods to you you do the the, everybody writes their name on the thing for Jeopardy. (laughs) You have a lot of nods to game shows. Game shows are big here in America. They're also huge over in the UK. So what were the direct inspirations? What are the game shows that you that besides Jeopardy that you wanted to put into that episode? I mean, I love, I also love Japanese game shows, things like Takeshi's Castle. So, and uh, there's this one in the UK called The Crystal Maze, um, mm. which has become like an escape room thing in London that you can go to as well. It was hosted by Rich O'Brien from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just one of those, it's one of those like assault coursey sort of games but it had an amazing theme song. And I remember um, another like weird cultural divide of our writers room is that we had UK and American writers and I just couldn't stop talking about Crystal Maze. And uh, I think I showed it to them and they said, oh, it's like Temple Run or like, they mentioned like a bunch of other like American shows just like it. Yeah, in our version, the lava is real lava and (laughs) the spikes are real spikes. (laughs) Um, The most dangerous game show on television is on Dead End Paradise Park, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Before I let you go, Hamish, one of the core themes of this series is belonging. I could really tell that through the episodes. What does that theme mean to you and and how you wanted to use that as as a foundation and a force on this show? I know like a lot of cartoons and films are about the idea of found family, but I think that sometimes um, feels like it's sort of sprinkled on top as, as, you know, a way of justifying a bunch of characters being together. For us, it was like such a core principle. For Barney's situation, he like, he's, 
accepted at home, but doesn't feel always um, like his family has his back and his family truly understands what he's going through. So I think the importance of finding people who can unconditionally have your back and, and support you no matter what is a sort of rite of passage <laughs> for quite a lot of teens. The theme of belonging is also tied up in the kind of coming of age as well. Our characters are, are in their kind of late teens and just working out what it means to be independent and, and choosing your home. I'm glad you sort of pointed that out. Like for, for Barney's character, he runs away from home and finds a kind of home of his own. But then there's Courtney's character who desperately wants to get home. Um, so all of these kind of plot threads clash in the final episodes of what actually home and what family actually means. Mm. Well, you've got a lot of support for this show. You've got the support for me and so many out there and, and who are going to watch this when it premieres this Thursday, June the 16th on Netflix, Dead End Paranormal Park, creator Hamish Steele. Thank you so much for being on the LCJ Q&A today. Thank you so much. I'm Lates Camera Jackson. For more episodes of the LCJ Q&A podcast, you can go to lcj.podbean.com. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And my website is lights-camera-jackson.com. 